Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Psalm 86. Now we were here last week, Psalm 86, and um, we really covered the first uh, part of the psalm and then looked at verse number 11 where we we were talking about this matter of uniting our hearts Asking God to unite my heart, pulling all the loose ends of my heart together to fear his name. And uh, that, that's quite a feat, pulling all of us, the, 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 uh, the struggling, uh, distracted, uh, troubled ends of our hearts together say, Lord, I still fear your name. I, I still trust you. Your name is powerful. Your name is uh, bigger than my circumstances. And so pulling all that together, and I don't know about you, but that's a day-to-day battle, isn't it? The uniting of my heart uh, around fearing his name. You and I fear our problems so many times, don't we? We fear it above the name of, of God. It, our problem is exalted. We worship our problem because we, we worry about it, we, we, we focus on it, and uh, th- that's a problem. And, uh, David's prayer was, Lord, would you just unite my heart to fear your name, to set your name in its rightful place to reverence it? The end of this psalm, we find a specific prayer in verse number 17. That's what I want to focus on tonight. Look at verse number 17. So he's come to him as just in humble need. This is one of the five prayers of, uh, prayer psalms of David. And he says this, and let's read verse 17 together. Are you there? Let's read it together. Ready, begin. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because No, I didn't. It just ran out of battery. That's fine. I just want us to realize tonight that this prayer at the end of this prayer psalm really is, is a specific ask. God, make this real for me. Like, I, wanna, I, I need, I need a, a visible, tangible note from you that you are working in this circumstance. With all the, with all the clutter that goes on in our life, I need you, to, need you to show that to me. And so, why don't you be seated? We're going to pray and ask God. And just in this moment, here we are in the middle of the week, right? And uh, probably each one of us have burdens. And, and that seems to be just, just the reality of our lives, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday. There's burdens that we carry, and we need God to show up in them. Now, if you're not in the midst of a burden, maybe you're having a, a fantastic, fant- everything's going well for you. Great. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those, those moments are, are his blessings in our lives. But the reality is we're either, we're either at one of those moments or we're about ready to go into a time where we really we, we need the Lord through the valley of the shadow of death to just say, hey, I'm there. I'm there. So why don't we just pray and ask the Lord to, to use this uh, in our lives tonight to teach us, to really strengthen us um, for the valleys or uh, in the valley or for the valley that's been passed so that we can help others. Father, 
we are mindful, uh, you told us in Psalm 103, that you pity us as children, um, that you know that our frame is just, just like dust, it is but dust, and that we, we, really, um, we really have times where we just struggle. Lord, I've been there, and I, I have no doubt that the friends here tonight have been there or may be there. And so in the middle of this week, we need a recharge. We need a, just a recalibration to you. Lord, we do indeed need you to unite our heart, to pull the, all those loose ends together, to fear your name above the problems, above the people, uh, above all the things that could go wrong in life, uh, above the news, all of these things. Lord, we need you to just unite our hearts to fear, to reverence, to worship, uh, your name. And Lord, I, I ask that you would use this passage, this prayer of David, to just encourage these that have gathered tonight. I also ask, Lord, if, uh, if there's one here that doesn't know you personally as Savior, Lord, I'm just asking that you would um, graciously, lovingly uh, pull them towards yourself, show them that you love them, uh, show them that you are indeed the haven of rest for them. You are the, the place, the the refuge that they have been seeking all their life, uh, that once they come to you, that there's no more uh, searching or doing for salvation. It's done in you. So I pray that you would just work in all of our hearts. Bless the teens and the children as they, they study your word. I pray that you would make it come alive to them and that uh, you would edify your church tonight through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is one, as I said, this is one of five prayer psalms. Now, David prays many times in the psalms, right? But one of five times where it's just, it's a, it's a total prayer. It's a, a focus on coming to God in humility. Notice in verse number one, bow down thine ear, um, O Lord. O Lord, Jehovah is, is what is being, uh, he's praying to there. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. So he is, he's coming to him with great humility. He needs God to show up in his circumstance. We don't know exactly what the circumstance is here that he's dealing with. David's had many problems. He's had enemies from within. You remember Absalom, his son, tried to pervert or uh, take away the attention of the children of Israel from David, the king. He said, if I were your king, I would be able to uh, solve all your problems. So he tried to divert um, authority away from David. So you had problems within the family. There was a lot of mayhem that went on. There was just some real ugly scandals that went on, uh, on inside of David's family. So there was problems within his family. There was problems inside of Israel. People that didn't like David and that would rise up against him, speak gossip against him. There was problems from foreigners, from those enemies that hated, hated the, the people of Israel, hated uh, who David was as king. And so whether it was within the family, within Israel, or outside of Israel, foreigners, David had enemies. Uh, you and I have enemies. Uh, our greatest enemy is Satan himself, and oftentimes we don't see him. Uh, we don't see him. Aren't you thankful? <laughs> Man, alive. Um, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't show up like a, you know, uh, painted all red with a pitchfork. He wouldn't look like some Hollywood set. You know, he, he, he would come to you very, very sly, very well-dressed and, and well-spoken, and uh, would try to pervert you. He would often come to you and just, just simply ask you a question. It, you know, yeah, if God said it, you know, is God's word true? Is what God's telling you, is that, is that true? And so uh, the reality is we, we have enemies like David. We do have some physical enemies. Perhaps you have family members who, have, who, have, who are your enemy. You don't like it to be the case, but they, they have it out for you. Uh, the reality is we all have enemies like David, and, and in, in these moments we can, 
like David, come and pray. Now, we all go through bad days where, or seasons of time that, that are just not, not good. Um, there can be some bad days in our lives. Have you ever thought about uh, rotten days? It's, um, you think about the birds singing, and, and maybe outside one man wrote a, kind of a list. How do you know you have a rotten day? You, you, you think about the birds singing, you look out your window, and there's a buzzard uh, you know, sitting outside of your window, right? Uh, you know, just kind of a, a bad thing. You see uh, the 60-minute 60, uh, 60 news team uh, waiting in your office. Oh, no, what's, what's happened here? Uh, uh, your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. <laughs> uh, you call suicide prevention, and they put you on hold. Um, oh, so many. Your twin forgot your birthday. <laughs> your car horn goes off. Sticks on, you know, sticks on right, right behind a state trooper. <laughs> Bad days that go on in our life. You're, you're, uh, you're walking to work. Your boss tells you not to even bother to take off your coat. Uh, your income tax uh, check bounces. Uh, so bad days. We, all, we know what it's like to have a bad day. Da- David was having a season of time. David went through times where it was, it was rough, and it didn't get cleared up in, in the time it took you to read Psalm 86. Most of our problems aren't solved in movie length, right? Most of our problems are solved over, over weeks, if not months. And we want them to be over. We want them to be taken care of. We want them to be done. And that's not the, not the reality. Bad days come. And our passage tonight is a, a prayer asking God, I, I need your help. Unite my heart. Help me, Lord. Bow down your ear. Listen to me. Listen to my voice. Listen to me, Lord. I need you to hear me. Now that last verse that we read, show me a token for good. David brings it all down to this. He brings his prayer down to, Lord, I need you to show up in my life. I need to be able to have a sense. I need to be able to be calmed in my heart. You are, you're alive, you're well. God's always alive and well, right? But that you're here, you're acting in my circumstance. Um, There's a difference between knowing intellectually that God is working and that God is alive and well and his promises are true and sensing it, feeling it, having it become personal to us. There's a big difference, isn't there? You know, people can talk about, oh, may God be with you, right? But it is, it's, it's very different when you say God is, God is with me and I know it. Uh, I, I, I've sensed his presence here. It, it, there's, a, there's a big difference. And what David is really asking, Lord, Lord, make it, make it personal. Make it felt. Make me to know it. You can go a long way on that strength. You can go a long way when you know God is, God is with me. You can go through some real dark valleys. What does Psalm 23 say to us? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How can you say that? For thou art with me. Right? I know he's with me. How do you get through a hospital time? How do you go through a surgery? Who likes being put under? Right? God, these are real things that we face in life, real anxieties, real worries that we face in life. I know when my mom was going through her cardiac arrest and she was, you know, in the, in the hospital, one of the things that she had, she had said, she said, I can't do hospital. The last time she was in the hospital was when she gave birth to me in 1984. And this time she's in the hospital and she's getting every test, every, every, every probe, every stick, and she goes, you know, it's kind of funny that I, I used to tell the Lord I couldn't do hospital, but he's given me grace all the way through, right? Showing up 
and giving you the sustaining grace to get through, uh, get through these moments. And so David is praying here, Lord, I, I need you to show up in a real tangible way. So I want us to break apart, what is this token that David's praying for? You know, sometimes we hear about, you know, uh, Gideon praying for a sign, throwing out a fleece, and we paint Gideon in, you know, kind of a, a bad light. Well, he's, he had to use a fleece, so he must not have trusted God very much, and don't put a fleece out on God. And, you know, God put that in Scripture for a reason, right? God does give tokens. He does help us out with that. We're, we're, after all, we are, we are human. God does help us out. So, let, you know, I, I David is asking here uh, for a token, for a, for a sign. And so I want us to think about this token here tonight. So let's just walk through this for a little bit and break this apart from a few different angles. Number one, notice this token is a blessing. He's asking for a token for good, something that is agreeable, something that is pleasant. Lord, I, I want you to show me a token for good. I want you to show me good in the widest sense of the word, your goodness. Now, the Bible says in, in Numbers 1 and verse number 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. All the time, right? And he's asking here, Lord, I want you to show me a token for good, uh, good in the widest sense of the word. Uh, that includes the good, better and the best. I want you to show something to me. I want you to show a token to me that is good. He's asking for an expression of God's love that would bring some pleasantness in an otherwise unpleasant time. Lord, I, I need you to bring some goodness into my life. Nothing else is going right. I need you, Lord. I'm asking you to bring some goodness into my life. You think about a, a, a wife, mother, at the end of a day, frazzled you know, has been dealing with kids, maybe some things broke at the house. You know, I love you and you're mine, hearing those words from a husband, and it's okay, I'm here, makes a big difference. It's a calming voice in that scenario. Hearing something like that from a friend, uh, hey, it's going to be okay, I'm here if you need me, I, I, I'm here for you. What a calming thing that that is. David is asking for an expression of love. He's asking in the midst of when everything is kind of chaotic, I, I'm asking for an expression of love from my heavenly father. That's what David needed. He needed something good, a blessing in the widest sense. It's not wrong to ask for blessings. Did not Jacob say, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me? It's not wrong to ask for blessings. Our God is a good God. Psalm 68 and verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Oh, our God is daily loading us with benefits. And David here is asking, Lord, I need you to make one personal to me. I need you to make it, make it so evident that this is from, from you. So I believe that our God is ready to give another and more benefits to us, blessings to us as we uh, come to him and dependently ask. So do you need a token for good tonight? A token for good, good in the widest sense of the word. Um, we're not talking about health, wealth, prosperity. We're simply talking about a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Christianity is indeed a relationship, is it not? It's not a religion, right? It's a relationship. 
And we go to one another and we need to, we need to have affirmations of their love or expressions of their, uh, of, of their love. Husband needs an expression of love from his wife and vice versa and children uh, to parents and, and, and grandparents, to, uh, grandparents to their, uh, their grandkids and, and so on. Friend to friend, church member to church member, we need those expressions, do we not? We're human, we have relational needs. All David is asking is, Lord, I, I need an expression of your love, a token for good. But this token is also a token of affirmation. He says a token here, it's a sign, a banner, a pledge, a proof, an indication, a verification. We know that God says he's good. We know that God says that he's always there for us. We know that he has many great and exceeding promises, precious promises, Peter says, whereby uh, we might be partakers of of his life. We, We realize there's all these promises, but Lord, would you give me an affirmation of it? Would you make it personal to me? Would you make this real in my life? So David, as one man said, requests some visible, unmistakable sign of Yahweh's, of Jehovah's favor, a sign which his enemies could not mistake. I don't want to mistake it. I don't want my enemies to mistake it. I want it to be between me and you, real, something that's, that, that is there. You've heard of the five love languages, right? One of those five love languages, I believe it's Gary Chapman that uh, wrote the book, Five Love Languages, specifically towards couples, but it, it, it speaks of these. Uh, in general, humans have you know, what he, he believes is five love languages. One of those is words of affirmation, words of encouragement. Um, and, and he makes the, the point that in some, in some marriages that, that you know, we all have a, a love language whereby we receive and give love, and one of those is words of affirmation, words of, hey, you're okay, great job. Words of encouragement. Well, what's David asking for? He's asking for a word of affirmation, a token. You're mine. I'm with you. I'm in this circumstance with you. And so David needed something from God to affirm that he had not been forgotten. You know, the Bible tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. That's a promise to believers. That's a promise to you. (laughs) Uh, He'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Uh, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. If you know it, say it along with me. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. But he says, what did he say? Fear thou not, for I am with thee. What uh, What did God tell Joshua as he took the reins from Moses? Hey, be strong and of good courage. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm with you. And he gave him many tokens of his presence there. Uh, certainly the power to, uh, to defeat Jericho is thinking about, uh, you mentioned that Miss Shar is walking around the house doing her therapy, and I, you know, I referenced uh, walking around seven times or whatever. Uh, you think about them walking around that city of Jer- um, Jericho seven times before it fell down. And when it fell down, what a token. God is, God is here. God is at work. And, and so on. So uh, David is, is praying praying, Lord, I need a token, uh, a token uh, which is just an affirmation in my life. You are your present. Now, do you need that? Do you need an affirmation from God? I'm alive and well in your circumstance. It, maybe it's a Bible verse. <laughs> God just says, this is for you. Maybe it's, maybe, it is a, maybe it's a friend sending you an encouraging text message that it's just like God saying, hey, 
you're on the right track. Um, but a token uh, is an affirmation here as well. But notice, uh, notice this token is from God. He's asking it from the Lord. In verse number 17, he says, Because thou, Lord, has helped me and comforted me. His prayer has been all the way through towards the Lord. And so he's expecting this token not from one of his, one of his helpers in the kingdom, not one of his generals. He's not asking it from them. He's asking it from the Lord. And my question to us tonight who do you turn to first when you're struggling and when life is falling apart? Who do you turn to first? And so often in our lives, is, it, is, is God not the second or third? Who do we, what do we think first? What's our first reaction? Now, as we grow in the Lord, it ought to just be we just turn around to the Lord. I'm not always there. How many of you are with me? I'm not always there. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it's, it's a, uh, several hours. Sometimes it's a couple days before I finally just say, God, I need you. Here David is asking the Lord for this help. I don't know how long it took him to get there, but human nature is we're pretty independent. We call a friend, we spill, we go shopping, we try to salve it with that. We pop three bags of popcorn, sit down and chow down. Nervous eating. <laughs> we surf the internet. We eat chocolate. Ladies eat chocolate. What do guys, I don't know. There you go. Guys go to the garage. Who do you turn to first? Lord, help us to develop a relationship that, that really our automatic response is, I run to God. I run to that haven of rest. I run back to him. Psalm 61, verses 2 and 3, From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. It seems easier and easier to get overwhelmed these days. I don't know. It, maybe it's just getting, getting a little older, but it just seems like there's more and more coming at us and faster right and uh you wake up and it's like oh here here we go here we go uh, lord help us in those moments to turn to him first and foremost give him those first 10 minutes of the day lead me to the rock that is higher than i for thou hast been a shelter a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy he is still that friends he is still that Every single morning we wake up, he is still the shelter. He is still the strong tower. That's who he is, if we'll go there. If we'll go there. So God alone can encourage us, like David at Ziklag. I've often been curious about that phrase in, uh, in 2 Samuel when David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. 2 Samuel chapter 30. When all, he's lost all of his family. He, his men are turning against him. And the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. What does that look like? When you turn to him and, Lord, it's in your name, it's in who you are that I encourage myself. Uh, I think about Paul standing before Caesar, as we'll get to in, in, in a few weeks in the book of Acts on Sunday mornings. He stood there, and no man stood with him. But he says, the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me. God alone can give you comfort in those times. Peter in prison in, in the book of Acts. Uh, God alone is the one that can deliver. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help. 
So if you found yourself in the middle of trouble like David, the middle of trouble where you, you have nowhere else to turn but to God, would that our automatic response is, God, I need you. I need you, and I need that token of good from, uh, from you. He alone can give encouragement in that time. And I just ask you, do you need that type of token tonight? A token that's from God, from God to you. But notice this in verse number, uh, verse number 17, show me, show me, show me. David's asking, Lord, I need you to show me. I'm not asking you to show all of Israel. I am asking you to show me. I'm asking you to show up personally in my life. Have you ever realized that God cares about you specifically? You're not just a part of a group. Now, as, as a local New Testament church, we believe, as we've been learning on Sunday nights, we are a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Those that have been saved and called on his name, we're part of the body of Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. But God does not just look at you as just one big hole, right? He sees you as an individual. He sees me as an individual. He knows your name. Your name, if you've believed on Jesus Christ, is written in the Lamb's book of life. He knows your name. He knows your name. What an amazing, amazing reality. He cares about you specifically. And David's asking for this token to be to me. Show me a token for good. Now, I'm, I realize that tokens for good, the things that God blesses me with, might not bless you in the same way. Why? Because we're different. Um, my wife, as many of you know, plays the piano. And um, we've had, since we were, I think the first year of our marriage, we had bought an electric piano. And it had weighted keys, full 88 had weighted keys, and so it played nice, and it didn't take up much room, and you didn't have to break it back to move it. It was really nice. And you could turn it down, right? Um, or you put headphones on or whatever. So it was nice. But my wife began to really want a, a real piano. And she would say it over time, and, you know, e either you're going you're gonna to go find something on Facebook for $50, $100, $200, and it might be okay or whatever, but uh, so it wasn't it wasn't high on our our priority list. But I knew in the back of her heart this this was something that she really wanted. It would come up from time to time, and it was just something, you know. It's, it, you have those things that are that you want, but really aren't like it's not what you're just really going to go after, you know. Um, so anyway, so this is this is brewing on her heart, and um, at one point she sent me a, a Facebook find, and and it was a it was an upright piano down in Cincinnati. And uh, honestly, it looked too good to be true. Um, they wanted 100 bucks for it, and they, they wanted it out. They said it was in beautiful condition. So uh, on a Saturday, I drove down there. Uh, it was during Mission Weeks last, last, uh, last week, uh, or last year, and I, I drove down there. And it was a beautiful, beautiful piano. Mahogany color, had some scrolling on it. Beautiful. They were redoing their house, and they didn't want any more, didn't get played, and so they just wanted it out, and they, they were willing to put it $100 on it just to get it out the door. They helped me load it up, brought it back up, and I called my wife on the way. I'm like, this thing is really, really beautiful. Well, the amazing thing was is she, that it was in a color that she wanted. Uh, we had the piano tuner come, and he says, this thing's in good shape. It had a sticking key, and he says, that'll play out. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll work itself out. Just keep on playing it. But... Uh, you might not be blessed if someone got you a piano. 
it might not be a token for good for you, but it was a token for good for my wife, right? The reality is tokens for good are very personal. When God shows up and gives you something, and David's asking, Lord, show me a token for good. I love the fact that our God is personal. Our, our God cares about us personally. He knows your needs. He knows your name. He knows what you need. You have a burden tonight. He knows how to meet that need and to show up in your life and say, hey, I'm here. That's our God. He's not an impersonal, distant God. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto, uh, unto their cry. Peter says, uh, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you, you individually, you. So David prays, show me a token for good. It's, it's personal, but this token is also a testimony in verse, uh, verse 17, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed. Uh, so this is a testimony he's asking for. I, I'm asking that you would work in my life. They're chasing after me. They're making my life miserable. Satan himself is, 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 is the chief one that does that. Would you show me such a token for good that they may be ashamed? What's this word ashamed mean? It has the idea of confounded or humiliated. So David's, David's point was, Lord, I, I need you to show up in my life and, and make your work a testimony of your greatness. You still care about me. Friends, the world's watching you. The world sees what God does for you. Know that the things that God is doing in your life would make them hunger and thirst and, and be humiliated. The sense of, hey, I can't stand up against this. Not ashamed and like, you know, na 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 not not that. We're not talking about that. We're we're talking about a, a sense where they're like, whoa, God's working in his life. God's working in her life. I better leave them alone. God is big enough to do that. And so David is praying, Lord, for a token that would be a testimony to the enemies of God. By the way, the, many of these were enemies of, uh, uh, of God and of David. And that God would so work that he would be exalted, he would be magnified as the one working in David's life, the one caring for David. And so David prayed for that. I want to give an illustration of this. Joshua 5 and verse number 1 um, we have the story of when the, um, when the spies went into Jericho and they were spying out the land. And you remember, you remember that Rahab said, look at uh, Joshua 5 and verse number 1, and I'm going to read it and then we'll, we'll break it apart. It's an illustration. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we, uh, we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Do you realize that the Canaanites, as they saw God working in the lives and through the lives and around the lives of the children of Israel, their heart, the Bible says it melted. <laughs> it became a puddle, like, whoa. Like, we're in trouble. And they feared the name of God. And they feared, they feared the advance of the children of Israel because God was working in their lives. This is exactly what David's talking about. Lord, work in my life so, so vividly and, and in such a real way that your enemies and my enemies may be ashamed. They may be confounded. They may be humiliated. Oh, you, you serve that God? You follow after him? It's never going to get anything for you. Oh, until God shows up and proves them otherwise. 
And so that was the story there in, in the book of Joshua. God had shown up. He's parted the, on the Red Sea. I don't know about you. If, if I saw that happen, I'd, my, my heart would be melted too. It would be like, whoa, this is real. This is bigger than me. And so David is praying, Lord, would you show me this token as a testimony? Notice also this token is consoling or comforting. He says, because thou, Lord, hast holpen me and comforted me. That word holpen is just to help and to comfort, to console, to, to alleviate sorrow, to give emotional strength. Lord, I'm asking that you would console me. I'm asking that you would help me in this way. Do you know the ministry of the Holy Spirit is specifically to comfort the believer? John 14 and verse number 16, I will send another comforter who shall be with you and in you. The ministry, God so wants to comfort his own that he's actually, he's dedicated the Holy Spirit as a down payment of our salvation, as a seal of our salvation. He's, he's given them to us as, a, as that constant as a, comf a constant comforter. He's always there, comforting us. We'll allow him. We'll listen to him. Uh, there's a song, Who Can Cheer the Heart Like Jesus? By His Blessings All Divine. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? No one. No one. What a comfort that is. Spurgeon said it this way, God does nothing by halves. Those whom He helps, He consoles. And so makes them not merely safe, but joyful. This makes the foes of the righteous exceedingly displeased. But it brings to the Lord double honor. Yes, it brings to the Lord double honor when his children are comforted in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a battle, when his children are comforted by him and the enemies realize, wow, their God is helping them, their God's comforting them, giving them a comfort that's beyond human. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11, If ye, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good, uh, give good gifts to them that ask Him? He, say, he says, ask, seek, and knock, and it shall be opened unto you. He will give good gifts. And, and the reality is, our Heavenly Father knows how to give the, um, the gifts that we need, and good gifts at that. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So he gives us comfort. He gives us comfort, and this token is comfort. But I want us to notice, lastly, this token can be requested. Those first couple words of the verse, show me, show me, a request, request. And it must be requested. You and I oftentimes don't have because we don't ask. You know that to be true? James said that. Now, sometimes we don't have because we ask it upon our own lust. We ask for our own benefit. We don't ask that his name might be glorified, that he might be glorified as Lord Jehovah, the one who, who does stand by his own. We ask for our own lust. James says don't do that. Don't ask amiss. Don't ask wrongly. But do ask. Do, do make sure that you ask. And so we should ask him. You have not because you ask not. Make sure that you are not missing out on the blessings of the Lord because you've not stopped and asked specifically. What is it that you need God to do? Well, ask him specifically. Ask him specifically so that you might know that he has answered specifically. David says, show me or deal to me. Take action in my situation. David asked specifically for this token for good. And you can too. You can ask the Lord. And so let's just 
think about it in this way, and I want your help as we draw this to a close. What inward feeling or outward providence or action of God, outward action of God, could be called tokens for good? Can you brainstorm with me for a moment here before we leave? What inward feeling, inward sense, or outward work of God, providence, could we call a token for good? Couldn't your mind work with me for, for a moment here tonight? Calmness. Another word for that, peace. What a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Yes? What else? Patience. Boy, isn't that true. <laughs> uh, patience. Uh, part of the Bible word patience is endurance, right? Staying under. Answered prayer. What a good token for good. I'm a prayer hearing and answering God. What else? Inward feeling, outward providence. Do you have a story where you know that God showed up? He, it was, he gave you something tangible. It can be a personal, um, per, a personal experience as well. What else? Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.